to uh, want some of that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah, so you know, like, wealth inequality and all that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and you know how they're always saying, like, um, eat the rich and stuff, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, I've heard that. And, and generally, what they don't actually mean, like, to literally consume them and 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 like that oh a bit like you're telling me that now <laughs> oh you you you, you no, don't, don't worry about it don't worry about oh, it oh right <laughs> okay well, um you know but uh cats have uh worked it all out yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i i know this right because yeah i was <laughs> In the uh, in the supermarket, yeah, 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 and I was looking at the cat food because I've got a cat, yeah, 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 ran here somewhere, um, and there was cat food, right, right, for cats, yeah, yeah, and it was made according to the description from rich chicken, so. Oh, yeah. I, I guess they've worked it out. Again, again. Um, if it's not meant to be taken literally, that's not on me. Oh, you know, I'm not usually one to ask questions, you know. Not, uh, not one to look for citation or nothing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women have a bit of a catch up about what, what we've been consuming media wise in the week. Sometimes together, sometimes apart. You know how it goes? And we do silly voices and skits and just have a little bit of a catch up together. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm a sleepy little bean. The yeah. heat is, is getting to me, I've got to be honest. Yeah, the heat's getting to me, and also, I don't know what it is, um, I had one of those days today where I had my ADHD meds and was just like a thousand percent focused for a while, and just like usually very, very stable and predictable, I just had a very focused day today. Have we finally got one of the good batches back after all the whole US <laughs> Maybe, maybe ADHD we're actually getting the, the medication in them again now after that <laughs> whole kerfuffle. They've kept up upping our dose for months and months and months, and now it's like going, oh, it doesn't work, and all of a sudden we're like, <laughs> yeah, for anyone unaware, um, the US limited what amount of ADHD medication could be made in a year, but that doesn't reduce the number of people who have ADHD who exist. So there was a very believable thing going around that maybe some of the medication had less medication in it than it was supposed to to make sure everyone could get some. A resounding maybe. A resounding... People I know with ADHD have gone, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, you know, people who spend a lot of time just waffling and smoking <laughs> <laughs> might say something like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so what have you played this what week? What have I played? Well, yeah. well, I uh, played a bunch of Root. Yeah, I played some of that with you. You did? Um, we talked about this, I think we talked about it last week, it's the little sort of war game but for woodland creatures. War game for woodland creatures, it's all asymmetrical yeah, and stuff. Yeah, they all play very differently, because uh, yeah. we have some new expansions with some we new do. faction types yeah. and things. 
and I played as one of them with you. You did. You played as uh, the lizard cult. The lizard who cult. those meeples are adorable. Yes, the lizard cult was fun. Their whole deal is, um, I do nothing for several turns in a row, and then suddenly I steamroll into into the distance and win. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Their whole deal is. The cards you have in your hand dictate how many actions you can take in a turn and what faction positions you can take those actions in. Mm-hmm. But you need to already uh, have... It's, it's a balancing act of how you balance your hand. Because, like, let's say you want to expand into a new place and do something there. You need multiple of the same location type of card. Mm-hmm. But once you're established, you want to be having a wide variety in your hand so that you can be point scoring, like, what? because once per round, you can reveal, like, here's a fox card, score for foxes. Here's a rabbit card, score for rabbits. So you want to have a nice spread so that you can score with all of them. But if someone comes in and attacks your spaces, that leaves you without, like, the multiples of the same you need to expand back into the Just Taken area. Um, and everyone's cards that get discarded go into a pile that dictates what area you have an advantage in next time. Yes, it's the first game I think I've played in a while that I've seen like the deck have to be cycled at any point. There are points where I had like a third of the deck just sat on my side of the table. Yes, because it wasn't just the two of us, we were also playing with two bots. I picked the two easiest to run bots, yeah. the Vagabot and the uh, Mechanical Marquis Mark II. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it certainly meant, meant that there was a lot of, of card turnover going on and weirdly it temporarily skewed the deck in different ways yes depending on what i was hoarding or what i was dumping into the discard pile in order to try and sway what i would get advantages on next turn was making certain suits more scarce or more common in but little bursts yeah um but yes the lizards are very they take a while to get going and they're a little precarious but their whole thing is very once they get going is like Every time you kill one of my units, I can spend them as a resource to do cool shit in whatever place is the, the current, you know, area where I've got an advantage in. And mm-hmm. it's a self-sustaining ecosystem once it gets rolling. Yes. Um, it's, it's been quite interesting. And, and as I said, I really love those meeples. They're absolutely yeah. adorable. It feels like the lizards is a faction you would have to, like, be quite careful to keep them down. Because even though it doesn't look like they've got a lot of points, as soon as they start getting points, they start getting big points lots and often. Yes. And there's not really as many ways of, like, stopping that once it's started. If I was going to be a brutal tactician in a multiplayer game against the lizards, I would say, attack the lizards frequently and early and never let them get going. And that is a very mean way to play, but it feels like... That is your best opportunity to slow the lizards, because once they get going, they get going. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they, they seem fun, they're fun and they look adorable, and I, I like the idea that they're just, no, we're just building gardens. They, we're not a cult. They remind me kind of of the birds in that once they get momentum, they're a very fearsome force that feels like it could be a house of cards that could collapse. Mm. It's got a similar vibe. Yeah, and I'm I'm starting to think that, that that seems to be like a thing that they've done with a few of the factions. Yeah. Because uh on Sunday while you were away, mm. which we will talk about later, yeah. I um I played with four I played a four hander game on my own 
using um, four, four new factions. Yes, not so using just, any of the, the bots who were just like, no, I'm doing four no, full characters. I, I want to learn how a human being has to play these characters. Uh, so I played as the Underground Duchy, which are moles. They uh, basically they will have like a little trickle of, of moles or, or, or warriors mm-hmm. into uh, this like little spot called the Burrow. Hmm. That is is technically off the board, and then they can basically use uh, cards of a matching suit of any clearing to dig up, and they will move uh, at least four people out or, or four moles out of the um, the burrow hmm. to a spot with a clearing, and then they'll put a little uh, tunnel token down of that suit, and um, at that point you can just use a move action to move them. As many as you want from the burrow onto the board, mm. so you, you can quite quickly like create quite a big army. Um, but they also have this whole thing of like they're trying to impress various nobles. Mm. So you have like squires, and they'll have some quite basic things like take an extra move or instigate an extra battle. Yeah, and then you have like uh, um, and to get the like to impress these people, what you'll need to do is uh, discard. Cards matching suits of clearings that you control. Hmm. So it's like, and it's one card for each clearing. So you're get just just starting off. You're going, okay, I'm going to discard these two cards to get quite a low level one, hmm. and then like eventually you can get uh, like three cards or four card four card ones, and they just get more and more powerful as they go up. The catch is that if at any point the the moles lose a building. They lose one of their highest uh, value nobles. Okay. And that can be quite damaging on its own. Yes. And then you have the fact that when you first get a noble, you'll automatically get a, a number of points based on sort of what level it is. Yeah. But you can only do that three times for each level. Okay. So if at any point you've, like, lost say nine nobles throughout the game okay. because someone was picking on you really hard yeah. at that point you can't score any more points from getting more nobles back out Ouch. so although you're getting the extra like moves and stuff from them yeah. you're not getting more points and you've still got to find other ways to get points Yeah. while also potentially trying because they usually only have two actions on their turn so the only way that they're increasing that is by getting more of these people to give them like extra things and that is really interesting, but it will stop fucking dead if they get hit hard enough in one round. Mm. I had them go from uh, like all three number, th- uh, number like uh, the, the lowest level, um, the squires, two of the level twos and two of the level fours. They lost all of them in the same round. So by the time their next turn came round, they went from ah oh, yeah, we're sort of slowly starting to to you know, get on top of things to, oh, we literally have to start the game again because now we are doing as little as possible. We're going to have to get people out yeah. on the board. We don't control anything, so it's going to be really difficult to do, like, putting cards down for stuff. Mm. It really shuts them down hard, like, almost impossible to get moving again. I think that would be quite painful to play in an actual four-player game. If, like, you've got, like, a bit of a, a thing going... And then someone was just like, no, fuck you. Just completely shut them down one match. Because 
basically that just destroys their momentum. And if that happens late enough in the game, it's just never coming back. Hmm. Um, then, uh, after them, we had the Corvid Conspiracy. Like the, uh, the mice that we talked about last week, they spend a lot of time not on the board. Yeah. So, basically, they are trying to get these little tokens down on the board. Mm. And they do that by swapping a, uh, a, um, one of their meeples on the board for, for one of those plots. And if you want to do that twice in the same turn, you need to swap two crows for the second one mm. in uh, to do like to do one of those actions, and then to do it a third time, and you only get three actions. You need three crows out mm. again. Quite hard to get momentum going, but unless unless you have like a bird card, because at that point you can go, oh, okay, for my action, I'm going to recruit in all of the clearings that I have enough meeple for. You can only put one in each, but it's basically, you can discard a card once per turn to recruit, and usually it's in all four of the matching clearings, mm. um, which is usually fine, but it means that once you've done a couple of plots, potentially that's, there's nothing left. Mm. Um, and your plots are really important, because you'll have basic things like the trap, and the, all these go face down on the board, so whoever's in that clearing doesn't actually know where it, where it what that is. Mm. And it could be something as basic as a uh, like a, a, the bear trap, which means that um, things can't move out of that clearing. Mm. Or it could be something nasty like a bomb, which mm. destroys all of the tokens, all enemy tokens in that clearing, mm. including the bomb. Okay. So that's potentially quite high points point scoring if somebody's got, say, three buildings in that clearing. Yeah. Because, uh, obviously, you're making quite a lot off of that. Um, there's another one that I think uh, I didn't actually end up using it, but it's something along the lines of um, when something... When so this is triggered, destroy it and put two birds in connecting clearings. Hmm. Uh, at the start of their turn, they have an option to flip face-down tokens over. Yeah. And that they will score a point for everyone that's flipped over, that they choose to flip over. Hmm. And that could be a great excuse to trigger bombs. That could be, um, one of the other actions they have is basically just draw an extra card at the end of the round. Hmm. Because they only get to draw one card otherwise. Yeah. The only way is to, like, put up to four of these on the board and hope that people don't destroy them. Okay. And you can only put one pot plot in each clearing. Yeah. So there's the four different plots. There's four of each of them. You can keep them sort of face down and not reveal, like, mm. how many of each are out on the board or what they're doing. But um, the way I played it, everyone else was like, I'm not risking that. Just shut it down. And they had a bad time. Yes. Uh, that sounds like a very at-risk faction. I think if I'd, if, if I'd been just playing as them in a... In a um, Automa. In, in a multiplayer game, it might have been yeah. a bit different. Because there's this one thing where you can basically bet a card of uh, a matching clearing that you want to guess. Mm. Guess which of the four tokens is on the board. Mm. And if you're right, that player has to give you a card, I think, and remove the token from the clearing. Mm. But trying to manipulate four factions at once, I didn't end up doing any of that stuff. So there are other ways of getting rid of it rather than fighting, but also there's, like, the whole thing of, like, you removed a token from the board, that's a victory point, so just destroy it. 
There's a free victory point just sitting in my clearing and guarded. Ooh. Um, so that was, that was fun. Next up was the uh, Lord of Hundreds, which are just bastards. I, okay. So you have this rat warlord, and he changes mood every single round. Uh-huh. And the power of the rat is dependent on how many items that they have picked up. Certain items have to go in one column. Most of the rest of the items go in a different column. One of those is for command, which means you get to do sort of more things mm. at one part of your turn. And the other one is things like just how many you'll recruit each turn. And it's not just at recruiting at your buildings. You'll also recruit at your warlord. And your warlord has this whole thing of move and attack up to your number of power. So if you're, mm. you start at one, that's just a default. The next two levels, uh, two items that you would need to plug into your board are, uh, two power and then it's three and four. So potentially you could like get quite a lot of turns where it's like, okay, I've managed to get most of the rats out on the board. My warlord is now going to move to this thing, destroy everything in it, move to the next thing, destroy everything in it, move to the next thing, destroy everything in it. It feels like a faction that could carry away and just sweep across the entire board really quickly. Mm. Um, but they, again, they don't have a lot of card draw. But they do have this whole thing where they can basically start mobs. So mm. in a, in a clearing of, of, uh, like I think it's a matching suit of, uh, where you have pieces but no one else does, mm. you can put a mob down and then that mob will basically either spread or potentially be like a massive risk for anyone to keep in their clearing on uh, on their turn. Mm. Like, so it's again another thing that's like quite worth shutting down because at the start of their turn those mobs will basically incite into riots. They'll destroy tokens on the board but not warriors. Then they get to roll a dice and spread to the ne- uh, the suit of whichever uh, a clearing of whichever yeah. suit they've just met that doesn't already have a mob in it. So potentially placed right, those mobs can go... Bam, bam, just, bam. Well, you can only do one per turn. Okay, yeah, But, yeah. like, potentially that can spread quite far across and potentially yeah. do a lot of damage to another faction. And the last faction was is the Keepers and Iron, the Badgers. <gasps> the They've badges. got little silver meeples, and they're basically um, Templar Knights. Oh. So they are... They have... Um, they put down all these relics into the... Um, into the forest cl- forests on mm. the map, sort of between all the clearings, uh, usually where own no one but the the vagabond can go. So, I'm just going to go completely out of step here. Across the top of the board, they have three slots, like the birds four. Yeah, and they can basically build like a little program of things. Okay, they start with one uh, like advisor in each of those, one bird type uh, okay. advisor in each of those. And the actions are move in yeah. the first one. So you move from any matching clearing. Yeah. The next one is battle and delve. So that's you fight in a matching clearing. And then you can basically uh, delve into the woodlands and go, there's a token here. I'm going to flip it over and see what the value is on that token. Right. And if that token is a lower value than the number of clearings you control around that forest, you can take it without any consequences. Otherwise, you will lose a card from that row. Just one. 
Okay. The last one is move or recover. So you can you get another chance to move. Yeah. Or if you've got one of these, and whenever you move, your badges can take these little relic tokens with them. Yeah. But recovering is you have to go to one of one of your buildings. You only have three of these. Yeah. And they're called way stations. Mm. And you have to take them back to this place, plonk these uh, things like into the way station, and retrieve it onto your board. You'll get points based on what the value of it is. But you have to have a certain number of matching waystations on the board. Bear in mind you've only got three tokens. They're double-sided. So at most you can... I think you can only have two possible Mm. things. And the scores go up to four. So you are guaranteed, at least half the time, to be losing things off of these if you want high-value points. Yeah. But if anyone fights you, defeats you, and manages to get rid of that token off the board, before you recover it... The person that did that gets to take it and put it in any forest on the board. So think about it like this. The Keepers and Iron have had to set up their way stations. They've had to control as many things around a particular forest as they wanted to to try and recover this thing. They've then lost control of a thing and the piece they were going to try and reclaim has been teleported across the board Mm. by their opponents. So if they want to claim that one again, they're going to have to move right across the board. Set the whole process up again and try and recover it. Hmm. There are 12 in total on the board and it feels really hard. Uh, they did end up winning my game, but they, it felt like they were having like a really difficult uphill battle. That Really, their only advantage is the fact that they get to ignore the first hit in battle because they're armoured, because they're knights. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that that... That was all of the expansions that we've got. Well, it wasn't all of the expansions because we haven't talked about Hirelings, haven't played those yet. And um, we haven't talked about the Exiles and Partisans deck. Uh, but yeah, I played a lot of Root this weekend. Yeah. What have you played? Tell us about a thing you did. Um, I can tell you pretty quickly about a thing I've been playing today. Do I've it. not finished it, but Ooh. I have played enough to be able to fairly competently talk about it. Uh, let's talk about Choo Choo Survivor, Choo-choo. which is is out in full now on Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about this before. It's the Vampire Survivors like, but you're on a train. Um, and the big concern we had about this when the demo came out was how much is there going to be in there and how much variety is there going to be? And there is definitely more in this than was in the original game uh, in, in, in the demo. It's clear that some thought has been put into giving you more things to do and putting more things into the game. Mm-hmm. Though I would say that the new things added definitely feel like they were added in response to critique and not necessarily that there was thought about how other mechanics make sense with what oh. they added. So basic idea is, as it was in the demo was uh you're, you've got a train, it goes in a straight line down a track, there are I hear enemies. A now. Oh, there is, we'll get to that in a second. But yes, you've got a straight. There was one level in the demo, it's a straight line track. Your objective was get to the end of the track over the finish line, having survived. Yeah. Um, now there is a reverse, uh, which is, you know, it's occasionally useful. It's particularly useful for something I'll get to in a second. Um, but there is now a second victory condition to levels. Uh, potentially. So you either get to the end of the level 100%, you get to the end of the track, or along the track there are now little people on top of buildings that need rescuing, and they have little health bars, and they will automatically start walking towards the train when the train gets close enough, 
Uh, it's not like other pickups where you have to mouse over them. The train has to be proximate. Um, but they can be attacked by the little zombies trying to attack your train. Right. So, uh, interesting thing. We talked about the fact that, like, uh, weapons have different attack patterns you can set them to. Yeah. This kind of makes having at least one directed weapon where you can point it in a direction it goes where you pointed it mm. more useful because it makes it easier to directly clear a path for right, these yeah, yeah. people to get to your train. And they do a couple of things. They give you just a flat, small amount damage boost to, all, uh, to your weapons for having successfully rescued one. But also, when you get 85% of the way down the track, if you have rescued enough of these people, I think it's 10 of them, you can put them into a bunker. And you the bunker can have its own weapons that can be upgraded the same way that the weapons on the train can. And you can opt to uh, stick near this bunker, and you can either sort of wait the time through collecting more power-ups and things, or skip forward to... I think it's the 30-minute mark. Right. And you know how in, like, Vampire Survivors you get to 30 minutes and death shows up? Yeah. It's kind of similar to that, but, like, at the 30-minute mark, a very difficult wave of enemies with a lot of bosses and a lot of very high-damage enemies will start showing up, and the other victory condition is surviving for five minutes. Right. And this is kind of tricky because, like, you've got the help of there being a bunker that you can stock up with extra weapons to be auto-attacking, but realistically, you kind of need to be sticking in one spot. And that means no getting additional pallets of health and, uh, like, um, fuel for the train, or those, like, sort of pickups of, of extra crates and things. It limits your ability a bit to, uh... Use the fact that you're sort of moving kind of quickly to avoid some of the worst of the problems. You have to have a build that is ready to endure. Right. And so that... the, the, you can't use the reverse to just drive off, grab some stuff, and reverse you back can, in. You can do a little bit of that, but it's it's definitely more limited. And also, they throw so many more enemies at you that... They even wouldn't you, survive alone. Uh, well, the thing is, reverse, you don't have a plow on the back. So you can't do, like, you know when you're going forward, you have the little plow on the front, and yeah. that sort of does some damage and helps you get through a bit. Just about. Um, You don't have that reversing. So, like, you're, you're just the swarm of enemies means that even if you were going to try and move around, you can't really so much. Right. Um, It is not a reasonable thing to achieve early on. And what I will say is... Uh, I think the place where this kind of fails is that this is not really a game where you're building a synergistic move set by picking what things you're going to equip. Like, you can... Each train has its three weapons in its move pool it can be selecting between, and we'll talk about other unlocks as well in a minute, but mm. um, it doesn't feel like I picked a cool OP build by making some weird synergies like in Vampire Survivor and that's what's going to get me through. It feels like have I done enough upgrades that, like, realistically I can survive this? Yeah. Um, so, like, it's an interesting addition, but it doesn't... It doesn't feel like it is inherently uh, designed to fit with the game's other mechanics. Right. Um, I've enjoyed doing it. I honestly think it is a, f a very fun addition that I really, I really dig. The gameplay loop's very different in that, in that you are... So... Taking a little sidestep, there's a lot more things to unlock in this, and most notably, um, you've got things like you can unlock a little personal drone that flies around you and does damage in a little circle, or okay. uh, you can you can unlock things like 
um, aerial bombardments, which cost a certain number of crates, rather than using them to get upgrades, to have a bunch of planes fly fly over and drop bombs and stuff. Right. And trying to do that alternate win condition of, like, surviving that extra five minutes is a lot more about, like, stocking up a bunch of extra crates before the half hour arrives, so you have resources to spend on incidental things. Uh, anytime you're getting particularly overwhelmed, like calling in your airstrike or whatnot to clear some space to get some extra damage in for a few seconds, and keeping an eye on which is your health bar in the mess of things going on, yeah. so you can see how frequently you need to be healing yourself, mm-hmm. whilst also moving your mouse around to pick up uh, experience so you are getting more crates so that you can afford to buy more uh, bombardments and health pickups. Right, It is yeah. a fun challenge once okay. you have a build that supports it, but it is very antithetical to what the rest of the game's loop is. Yeah. It is a thing of its own that you sort of have to be in the mood for. Um, I played this game today for five hours. Okay. And I have purchased every currently available purchasable upgrade. Oh my. Um, now, for for reference, the game's, I think, like £2, £2.50. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not Vampire Survivor's level of... of video game you are getting for money, but also I recognise that holding every video game in this genre to Vampire Survivors as a standard is... Yeah, that's kind of unreasonable. Yeah, and it's like... Like, we appreciate it, but also, like, don't let that set the uh, bar for everyone. To be fair, here's the thing. I I think the reason that expectation is set of the genre is because not only do we have that, we now have things like Bone Razor Minions, which showed, yep, that's another example of a studio going, yeah, yeah, you can, you can do that kind of thing. Um, but like, I've had, I've had like five, five hours of pretty good fun. And like, I haven't finished unlocking everything. I'll get to that in a second. But like, for two quid, I can't complain about this. I had a good amount of fun for five hours and I, it'll be in my rotation of things I come back to. If it gets more content added to it, great. Um, disappointingly, the other two levels that weren't in the demo, also straight lines. Um, I was really hoping there would be something, like, mechanically Some points, different. Something. There is some aesthetic differences and some visual differences. Um, they're, they're kind of difficulty modes. It's kind of easy, medium, hard. Right. In terms of number of things thrown at you. More than it is, like, I just want to be able to, like, oh, there's a branching path. I'll click on the little splitter that changes which track I'm connected to and I'll go up a... Choose your own path or stuff like yeah. that. Things like that feel like they wouldn't be impossible additions, and it's kind of yeah that they're not that like, nothing like that exists. Yeah. Um, I have a few uh, equipment unlocks to still get via. Uh, so there's a similar a system kind of similar to the um, the unlocks system in Vampire Survivors, where you have like uh, achievements to unlock, and those will sometimes unlock you things. So you can't get everything via just, like, putting money into the permanent money upgrade store. Right. Um, so I've got a list of tasks to do to unlock the last two or three tools, and I will get around to that. But, like, five hours, I feel like i got a pretty good idea of what this is. Um, I'm having fun with it. It is enjoyable. Set your expectations correctly. It's not going to be for everyone, but... If you're like me and you just fucking love trains, that might carry carry you through a bit and give it some good, some extra goodwill. Yeah. 
Uh, what about you? You played anything else this week? Ooh, what have I played this week? I played Dredge. I played yeah. through Dredge. Yeah, tell us about Dredge. Um, well, I don't, have we talked about this before? I know you talked about it on uh, Podcastation. I don't know if I we have, because I think it's one of those where I played it on a Wednesday morning and then forgot about it by the following <laughs> Tuesday. I forgot to talk about it the following Tuesday. This is one of those. And you didn't finish it either, did you? No, because schedules being what schedules they are. I need to play a bunch. And Tears of the Kingdom happening. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Dredge is is spooky fishing game. Um, <laughs> kind of. I guess kind yeah. of spooky. Yeah, it's it's kinda... uh, like a. It feels like it's trying to do kind of cosmic horror stuff. Yeah. Uh, with fish, which you know, I I guess I can see how how they got there with that. Um, the art style is almost, or, or like the character art style is almost um, Disco Elysium. Sort yeah, of a little bit painted, rough. Dark colours, um, lots of very stylized painted um, painted artwork. Mm. Fascinatingly done, and you are this you you you're you're a fisherman who's come to town, and uh, you don't really remember how you you ended up washed up there, but you you're guessing your ship sunk, and the mayor's like, hey. You, 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 you're the fisherman, right? Cool, I can lend you a boat, you're gonna have to pay for it, but don't worry, if you go out to catch a bunch of fish, you'll be helping the town out, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll take some of the money off of your, your debt out of that. And really, you can, you can practically pay that debt off in about two, three days. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's nice that that's not the thing that's sort of hanging over you for the whole game. Yeah. Um, but basically, that's there seems to be something wrong with some of the fish. You kept find, keep finding these sort of weird mutant fish or aberrations, as they're described. Um, but that is all done through a sort of timed click on the green spot as the dial swipes around in a circle, um, and the the fish will slowly be pulled up if you keep getting it right. I'm guessing. If you don't have the accessibility settings on, fish can get away, or the the line will snap or whatever, or you just don't get stuff. Uh, I immediately turned on the accessibility settings because I fucking hate fishing minigames. Hooray! I'm glad that you... Yeah, accessibility settings for fishing games. Yeah. And considering the entire thing is a fishing game, it's... Yes, because uh, I think you asked me about Dredge and I was like, I think you. I think you could get on okay with it. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I pondered it, and uh, obviously Steph talked about the fact that it was kind of weird and bizarre, and yeah, and and a little bit dark. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'll give that a look. It's 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 a fishing game with some interesting little world building happening around. Yeah, it. Yeah, because you've got like simple stuff like the mayor who seems just way too chipper, yeah. the fishmonger who's just kind of weird generally and yeah. gets weirder as the game goes yeah. on. You got villagers being like, "Hey, will you take my pulsating meat pa- package over to the other island? Don't ask too many questions about what's in there. Don't look in my meat package. Don't look in my meat package. That's my meat package. That that is your meat package." Yeah. Um, <laughs> then you've got like people who were just like, oh, "Help! I've I'm I'm stuck where I am. Will you take me to the nearest village?" It's like, "Sure, no worries, shipwrecked friend. I will take you." And then there's weird hooded figures you occasionally bump into <laughs> who are like, "Can you get me a fish? Cool. Can you get me a different fish?" Yeah. And fish. apparently, yeah. I d- I didn't encounter this. Apparently, if you don't get 
certain fish to them within a certain time scale after finding them the first time, they will just die of starvation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you got you got that in amongst like, hey, hey, I'm I'm the fishmonger. Can you find me a weird fucked up fish? I'm you looking for. I, need, I need, need you to find me a weird, real weird fucked up. Bring fish. it to me. Okay, now I'm gonna bolt the doors, and you won't hear from me yeah, for two days. Don't, Bye. Don't ask me what I'm doing for the next two days, but I'm like, me and that fish. We got stuff to do. We got stuff to do. It's... I did just whisper to the fish. <laughs> uh, also, here's some crab pots. Bye. I, I... Fun fact, I didn't yeah. finish that chain of events until right at the end of the game. Yeah. Because I could not find one of the fish that he wanted because <laughs> I didn't realise it was a night fish. Ah, Some yes. fish only come out at night. Yeah. And I should have realised because one of the first fish he, fish he asked, or the, the other half of that mission is he wants a... Um, a, a night squid. Mm. It's like okay, I'll get the night squid, and then I could not, for the life of me, work <laughs> out how or where to get. Because like yeah. f- quite early on, I was playing this, and you walked in the room, and were like, "Oh, you don't want to be out that late at night when the weird eyes start showing up on the water. It's probably time to leave." So I kept being like, oh, "You don't want to go out at night." So I didn't really get involved in that. I mean, this was me in the gloom from Tears of the Kingdom yeah, all over again. I mean, look, to be fair. Like, a little bit of... I didn't say nighttime full stop. You, It was like 2am and you were still out there on the boat and I was like, you, you, you sure you want to be doing that? You're just like, do, 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 nothing bad here. I know where the rocks are. Yeah. I learnt where the rocks it's are. It's fine. <laughs> it was, yeah. That that time it was. That time it was. <laughs> um, yeah, some weird stuff happens with, uh. like, staying up. I, I did, <laughs> I once stayed up all night and I was like, ah, the next morning, it's fine. And I was like, oh no, shit's still going bad. Because the problem is not that the things come out at night. It's the fact that I went crazy because I stayed up all night. And now, not only have I been attacked by cosmic horrors, and apparently something has infected the fish on my ship because it attacked me. But it's like, I can't just plow on into the next day like I would in most other games where I'd like mm. survive the night. It's like, no, oh, I need to go and fucking sleep. That's, that's why I was recommending you get some sleep. It's like, <laughs> and that's the thing. I, what I kind of love about this game is that it lulls you into a false sense of security of like, I've stayed out at night and nothing that bad has happened. <laughs> I've been fine. Why don't I just push it a little more? Why don't I just push it a little further? And it waits until you you think that you're like, I got away scot-free to be like, nah, fuck you. Did you ever get as far as the mangrove area? Yes. Okay. So you know how, like, at different times of day, the roots of the trees rise up and down? <laughs> That's where I ended up staying up all night, because I couldn't work out how to get back to the floating pontoon. I was like, uh, uh, there should be a path through here. There isn't a path through here. Okay, turn back. Oh no, this thing's attacking me on the way open water. Also, there's these weird, like, fucking Day of the Triffids things that keep rising out of the swamp. Ah! I I describe this as a fishing game because that's the the easiest word that comes to mind. But the fishing is never the thing about this game that is... I mean, it's the thing that pushes you forward, but it's it's not... The narrative is... Fishing is the mechanic, not the genre. Yeah. It is the tool by which you explore a weird fucked up little town. Yeah. Or if you want your boat to go faster, you will need to do some fishing. Yeah. But ultimately that is all in the pursuit of finding the next bit of plot. Yeah. Finding it's like, hey, look, I, I wanna have like my welcome to Night Vale, but like the, if I wanna know more about the faceless old woman who secretly lives and lives in my home, I gotta go do I gotta go fishing first. Yeah. I, gotta, I gotta go get a fish for her so she'll tell me weird shit. Yeah, I I like I feel like I spent 
quite a lot of time being like, oh, I want to get the next ship upgrade. I want to get the next ship upgrade. And it was like, how can I get faster and better? Yeah. And, and weirdly, like there was a whole thing. I, I had an instinct about what I should have researched with regards to engines. And I didn't trust myself and I didn't go for <laughs> it. And then I ended up spending way too many research parts going down the wrong track yeah. on on one of the things. And then having to sort of go back spend slightly more again on the other things but by that time I was pulling in like two grand's worth of fish a night yeah um and I had like a fully powered up hull <laughs> I was like okay well I think this is fine this is probably fine um uh, but yeah that like there's weird little puzzles in it there's some cool mystery stuff there's like a pokedex of fish if you want <laughs> yeah if if that is a thing you're into there's weird little riddles to solve. There's a lot of very strange characters. Yeah, it's just a very memorable, like... F- the world building is very fun. It is a yeah. fascinating space to inhabit. Yeah, I'd say it's about, what, like, 10, 15 hours long? Yeah, maybe. maybe something like that. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed my time with it. I don't. Really, ha- there was several times during it. I was like, "Oh gosh, I hope there's more of this. I hope there'll be DLC for extra bits." Like, nope, that story wrapped up perfectly. That yeah. is the end of the story, and that is fine. Now, admittedly, <laughs> I did get the bad ending. Yeah, and then spend six hours going. Well, I want the better ending. How do I get the better ending? <laughs> and pursued that because I basically had just completely missed one of the items that I needed. And then sort of spent a while wandering around the world looking for it. Then realising it was back where I started looking for it in the first place. Uh, and I had just kind of missed one area because it was so inhospitable. I was like, well, I don't want to go hang out around there. Yeah. And what it turned out is I did in fact need to hang out around there. And also carry quite a lot of explosives with me. Mm. But yeah, and there's stuff I still don't understand about that game. And I... Like, I don't think playing it anymore is going to explain that to me. Yeah. Like, there are certain creatures that you encounter. Um, Like, in the Gale Cliffs area, there is just a thing that you will encounter. Mm. And, like, it's never really explained. There isn't really any way of quote-unquote dealing with it. There is a couple of other things in the deep sea areas. There's yeah. one weird thing in that um, the weird basin area. And I think for... You know, something with, you know, that's dipping its toes in Cosmic Corotone. There should be like, unknowables. Yeah, there should be some unknowables. And it, it helps to, to be like, hey, there are some mysteries we just don't fucking get. We don't know what's yeah. up with that shit. Yeah. Uh, mm. Both endings are fascinating. Uh, although the the bad ending is shorter and bleaker. Yeah. So I have some awareness of the endings, uh, uh, despite having not gotten to them myself. Because, you know, the joys... You exist of, on the, the internet. Existing on the internet and, like, having to, to by osmosis, know what's going on with stuff. Yeah. But I need yeah. to get around to finishing that. I need to get back yeah. to it. It's, 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 it's a very enjoyable time, and yeah. you don't have to complete the Pokedex to end the game. Um, but there there's still a decent amount of, of weird stuff to find. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to, like, rest with that. I was curious about the DLC, because... Yeah? Like, so... If you look at the DLC for the game, there is a soundtrack album, which, mm. like, a bunch of things have now. Yeah. And the key to the shed on that island that you go to <laughs> quite early on. Uh-huh. And I was like, hmm, is it worth it? And I looked it up, and the general consensus is the publisher, Team 17, said 
there must be DLC. And they went, okay, here is a shed and there's something in the shed, but you don't really need it. Like, if you want to get a bit of a speed boost early on, yay! <laughs> Ultimately, not actually necessary. Yeah. Uh, you are not missing anything. Like, if you explore well enough, you will probably find comparable things quite early on anyway. So don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that was Dredge. I enjoyed Dredge. What about you? What have you played? Um, I've started playing Final Fantasy sixteen. Oh, no. Morbid curiosity. Oh, no. I'm going to keep this real quick. Um, mechanically, it is a fun, if a bit repetitive... Uh, over-the-top power fantasy uh, third-person action game. Um, Running around doing cool, weird sword attacks and throwing magic and dashing around the battlefield and occasionally big kaiju battles. So action-wise, where does it sit in the sort of Final Fantasy XV region? I mean... Because I heard they were going more action. So, Final Fantasy XV is a good comparison point, although this feels like it's doing less varied, interesting things than the 15 oh, no. did. It's, it, it's definitely more Final Fantasy 15 than, say, 7 Remake. There is no, you know, turn-based menu shit in this. It's just... It, it is a fucking Devil May Cry game. It's in an a Final, RPG. Yeah, it's, it's a Devil May Cry game in Final Fantasy's clothing. Right. Um, but... Uh, Does it have the personality? It has. Has anyone come up with a new recipe? Is no, there a cup of noodles? I, I really look. I, as someone who loved Final Fantasy fifteen, I know that's like, why I'm asking. It's one of my favorite Final Fantasies because it doesn't take itself too fucking seriously. Mm-hmm. It's not a constant miserable slog fest of the world is dying and everything's terrible. It's like, look, we got to save the world, but also we're just pros in a car, we're having a good time. Like that, that camaraderie was great. This. Is a constant, miserable, depressing, bleak fest. It is. It's Game of Thrones. If Game of Thrones didn't like, was like, no, no, it, it's like we're not even going to be funny. It's like, just going to be yeah, bleak. It's like if someone watched Game of Thrones and went, "This isn't unrelentingly dark enough." It is Game of Thrones in all of its like long-winded politics and like world like. Y- so much so that there's lore pop-ups. Yes. Well, not not even lore pop-ups. At any time during any cutscene, you can press a button to just be like, okay. What the fuck is happening? Uh, here's a, uh, press a button to go, uh, who's that? Who's that? Where are we? Who are they talking about? What, what's going on right now? You can bring up this cutscene's lore entries as a specific button. Don't it's, get me wrong. I love that as an accessibility feature. Yeah, but it's great as an accessibility that feature. Given it's there like, because of the convoluted it's, nature. Here's, here's, and here's the thing. Making that Game of Thrones comparison, all other problems I had with Game of Thrones aside, one of my biggest problems trying to watch that show was constantly going, I don't remember who the fuck that is you're talking about, and having to pause and look up a wiki and read who the fuck a person was. The... I would have enjoyed, like, Game of Thrones would have been far easier for me to engage with if it had this. So I'm glad that, that Final Fantasy Game of Thrones has this. But also, um, and without getting too into the weeds, minor spoilers here, um, at least what I've seen so far, and I hear this eventually changes, um, this Final Fantasy is, hey everyone, we're in a world where if you have the ability to cast magic, you are a slave who will be used for the benefit of everyone else, 
and no member of the magic-wielding slave cl- class has ever thought to, to maybe not want to be a slave. There's never been, like, a failed slave uprising of the past or anything. It's just, it's just how it is, and the people who can throw literal balls of fire from their hand never think, maybe I use this to, to, to say no to, to your demands. In a world where every fucking side quest, it, it, every interaction with any NPC, no matter who they are, is, it's either, hello, I'm a shopkeeper. Oh, you're a magic user with the tattoo that says you're a magic user. Mmm, I'm not so happy about serving your kind, you subhuman. Or a side quest where it's like, hey, I've lost my pet. Can you help me find my pet? She's got long white hair and have you guessed yet? She's a person. Oh, she's mi- there's a ransom for her. Oh, I'll just buy a new person. Oh, like it's it's just fucking misery tourism. Do you, do you think the reason they desperately didn't want to put oh, any 1, people 000, of color in this 1, is because they just didn't want that comparison? 1,000%. This has the tone of when, like, when you have white savior fucking stories of all of the sl- like it feels like you wrote a story where the the thing was all of the all of the slaves didn't realize that they they could say no and rise up until white man comes in and helps and but, it's look, not-, not only that they're super powered slaves but, yeah well, yeah and like here's the thing you know why it has that white saviory tone? Like, even without, like, the dynamics of, like, they got rid of all the people of colour so that, like, everyone is white to try and get that tone to not happen. The one slave you're playing as was a member that was, like, born into, like, a royal family and was of a good lineage and is from the place where the slaves were treated nicely here. Uh-huh. Um, the, the fucking, well, they actually treated their slaves quite well fucking argument. But it's the they needed a slave from, like, the nobility, a slave who was treated well to get to go, oh, you're all being treated badly as slaves. <gasps> but, like, it's it's so fucking infuriating because you are playing as this character who can wipe out fucking ar- like garrisons and armies by himself with his magic wielding. And, like, I'm gonna use an example that Steph brought up in the Jimquisition this week because it's a perfect fucking example. Uh, there's a man, he's like, hey, um, my son's missing, I think he's being attacked by a wolf over there, go save him. And you go and you kill the wolf and save the kid. Yeah, you told me about this. Yeah, and the kid's like, oh, what the fuck did you do that for? You were supposed to die. This is a whole scam me and dad have going where you come over here to save me and the wolf eats you. Um, and you go back and bring the kid back to the dad and the kid's like, Daddy, you'll buy me another wolf, won't you? And Dad's like, oh, yes, I'll buy you one. This one with jaws big enough to bite this fucker's head off. And then your character, Clive, just gives them a a little scolding and walks away, fully intent to, like, let them keep murdering magic users in their little slave murder routine. Because he's such a fucking spineless doormat of a character. It's, It's fucking baffling. And I'm genuinely fucking surprised at how weird it is. I'm just... I'm just kind of overwhelmed by it. It... I thought that people had to be exaggerating, and no, they're not. It's... it's... (laughs) It's yikes on bikes. Yeah, um, it's hard for for me to take the, the, the actual proper villain of this game as I currently understand it seriously 
Because like they're really when not everyone's that much awful, no one is. Yeah, they're really not that much vill- more villainous than the average fucking villager. Yeah. Um, I'm playing it out of morbid curiosity more than anything <laughs> right now. Ah, a bit of a hate it's, play. It's it's a not even a hate play. A I I need to understand this. I need to take it in for media critique and <laughs> context purposes. Ooh. So. Final Fantasy 16, I'm having a baffling, weird old time with it. Uh, what else have you played this week? I played through The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the, that free visual novel that got put out for, I think it was April Fool's? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, how'd, how'd you get up with The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog? Um, the story is interesting. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't usually have the patience for visual novels. Mm. Uh, but, you know, you can get through it in a couple of hours. It's, it's um, not too lengthy ever one. If anything, the thing that slows the pace down is the Think Mini game. Oh. <laughs> where you have to, like, do a little runner game to try and collect enough coins to have had a thought. Yes. So, fun fact, that is a very clear reference to uh, Danganronpa. Danganronpa fucking loves to do that where you'll be in the middle of a courtroom trial. It's like... I need to complete this for thought. Time to do um, surfboarding in my mind palace. <laughs> sure, it's a it's a it's a weird little trope of the uh, solver murder visual novel genre. It's kind of tedious. Yeah, um, got to play Hangman's Gambit and shoot letters in my brain to work out the missing word. It, it does have an accessibility setting where you can make yourself invincible. <laughs> Turn off pitfalls and speed up uh, or, or slow down the game if yeah. it's if it's too fast for you. So there's lots of different options. Got to go not so fast. Got to got to go not so fast or just got to got to go fast, but just kind of ignore it because <laughs> you don't need to. Yeah. And that gets worse as the game goes on. Yeah, because the last few sections of that game go from. Have a little bit of a poodle around the stage. Try and find all the key <laughs> items. Try and work out how to use those items. To yeah, what would Sonic do? Sonic would run down this thing in like eight consecutive versions of that same mini game, progressively getting more things so that he can fight a train. <laughs> he did not suplex that train, but he did fight it. All because I won't spoil the ending, but that. Plot is fucking bizarre. I, honestly, look for a free thing put out on April Fool's Day. I've I kind of like it. I think it's 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 its own stupid little thing. I I added it to my library at, at April Fool's when it was announced, and I was like, just in case it like disappears, I'll, I'll yeah, you know, just grab it and see. And then just randomly, I was just like, hey, you know what? I've got a couple of hours. I will give that a go. And I did. And it's. The plot was fun and silly. Most of the gameplay was okay. Didn't really dig the mini games, and the ending sort of massively overrated that. <laughs> but yeah, the, the story was good and silly. Yeah, well done. I was glad I put a few hours into it. I had a time. I liked the art of that happy dr- drummer Chow. Yeah, because that ch- Chow looked just so happy. <laughs> I'm playing the drums. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, you played anything else this week? Um, yeah, because you weren't here. I was like, I'm yeah. going to disappear off the park. Yeah, uh, you I went did. And did. Went and did some poi. Yeah, which is the first time in fucking ages. You spun around your spinny things. You spin in the in the in the grass. Yeah, went and stood in the grass, had a cider in the sunshine, and did, did some spinning. I think that's the first time I've been out and actually like had a spin this year. 
which is unusual for me because usually as soon as the sun's out and sometimes when it isn't, it's just like, pie, more pie. <laughs> but now I've, I've come to just be like, work, 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 work. I'm too busy working tonight. Whereas the days of, are gone of, ah, oh, you know, it's a nice evening and I have finished work. I'm just going to go up the park for a till sunset. It's like, oh dear, I need to go home. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was nice to get out and have a bit of a spin. And um, it's it sort of got me going, like, I want to do more object manipulation stuff, because that is fun. Uh, so I broke out my contact juggling ball that I bought years ago. Yeah! Couldn't learn the first move that everyone seems to universally agree is the one you need to learn first. Yes. Which is also, consequently, one of the hardest. Yeah. It's it- like, oh, there's no value to anything else if you can't do that. It's like, fuck off. Just I let me learn other things. I, that is the hurdle I have come across when trying to learn is the, oh, no, I have to learn this. Oh, oh, no. I have to learn butterfly. I, I have to fuck. S- no, I, don't. I have to start with this or I can't do anything else. No, thank you. Um, so I have looked up other stuff and I, I have learned some isolations I've been fiddling around with. And that's quite fun. And learning the whole concept of um, movement to imply stillness, mm. uh, which is a lot of, of of the stuff involved in in sort of the isolations of contact juggling. So that's been quite fun. But I still uh, I, I'm doing all the training work to get to learn um, the fun thing. Learn butterfly, mainly butterfly, because it is the thing where you flip it over your yeah. hand. And um, I am thinking about getting a different contact ball for practicing yeah because i the first ball i bought was a 78 millimeter acrylic ball uh-huh. and that is like it's a good size for my hands which is what i was, I was told i should go for yeah um it's a good size for like visualizing and understanding thing it's weighty enough that you get quite a lot of control apparently yeah. um but the main problem is it's a heavy fucking acrylic ball and if you're doing a thing where basically the the action is throw it across the room, if it goes wrong, then that's potentially going to cause quite a lot of damage. So I'm thinking I might pick up like a, a stage ball or a silicon ball for for just learning that action so that I don't catapult it into one of the monitors or the TV or something. Mm. But yeah, I've done a bit of contact juggling. Have you done any, played anything else? Uh, not really. It's been a, it's, it's been one of them travelly weeks where I've just been. Tra- I got I got through True, True Survivors and Final Fantasy, and I've not had much other brain space other than just oh oh I played Binding of Isaac, and I finally beat that boss that I was like two hundred and fifty attempts into trying to beat. Yeah, so I did that. Um, and I have been grinding sh- uh, Gimigul raids in in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet because for ten days Gimigul is available as shiny, but only in five star raids. And that Pokemon does, uh, barely looks any fucking different when it's shiny, so I'm having to beat the raid, check my boxes, check the Pokemon. I do have my two shinies now. Yay! But fucking hell. One in 4,000 chance of being shiny in five-star raids in a game in which matchmaking into a five-star raid is not a guaranteeable process. Uh, you, you you pull up the, the matchmaking to find a raid, and like eight raids will show up, and if one of them isn't the five-star raid, you got to wait like th- three minutes before it let you refresh the list. Okay. And even if there is a five-star raid there, you might click on it, wait like a minute and a half, and then it goes, 
Nope, no, failed to get you in. Yeah. Um, so, like, it do, it is not a quick process to hop... It's not like you can go hop into a five-star, into another five-star, into another five-star. I lucked out. I lucked out on finding them as early as I did. That could have been a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Uh, but I got them. Yay! Uh, you played anything else? No, that's it. Well, then. Time for this. So, uh, how's the uh, chair design going? Oh, well, I think I finally got all the final design points down. Right, uh, well, you know. I, I mean, what, what could it possibly need? It's just a, just a, a bit of shoulder massage, is it? Well, well, look, uh, here's how I've been thinking. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We're, we're trying to design a massage chair for, you know, people who are waiting at the airport. And what yeah, we know about extremely people... fatigued. Exactly. Well, that, here's the thing. So they're extremely fatigued. Extremely fatigued. Sore, so tense. my thinking is uh, the best antidote to extremely fatigued is extreme amounts of massage. Deep um, tissue. Yes, yes. Really you, deep tissue. You think you're coming here for a relaxing massage? No, no, no. First first feature, um, lock the legs in place. Don't yes. let them get away from the massage. It's for their own good. Well, then I, arm restraints, I would say. Well, well. Exactly. Put the arms in the arm restraints, arms locked in place. Do yes. not let them escape the massage. Even if, I don't know, their gait is changed and suddenly they've, oh, no, I got the times wrong. I've got to run to the plane. No, you don't. You're having your massage. You're now. having your massage. This is your 15 minutes of relaxation. Indeed. You're I, locked in I, here. I, I, I think that, I, I, I think I've gotten the balance right because this is going to be the least relaxing. Most relaxing 15 minutes you've ever had. Right, you'll be very stressed out about the fact that you can't move and there's no, like, emergency escape or anything, but... You will be having your tissues yes, massaged you, deeply. You will really come out... Deeply. You will out come the out, other side. Yes, you will come out the other end of this with the most, like, the most relaxed your body has ever been. You're going to be just, all floppy. Exactly. Just in time for you have to go to sit in a rigid, uncomfortable seat for a few hours, mm, mm, uh, where mm. you have to not be floppy, you have to be very rigid in the seat. Indeed. You're going to be very floppy you're in first in class, in which case you can probably well, afford to be a bit floppy. Indeed, but if you're going to be in first class, you probably don't need to be sitting in our chair. Probably you're probably not, in the first class lounge at that point. <laughs> exactly. I no, suppose there is that. Yeah. Exactly. But I'm like, look, I, the illusion I, of, of living in first class. Exactly. I exactly. I, look, for someone who's having the you know a stressful day, they've had to do passport check. Oh, have I got my documents? Oh, where's the gate? Oh, what's going on? Yes. I think locking them irreparably, inescapably into the chair. While yes. we have, we, we're going to have massage nodules in places you didn't even imagine we yes. would put in a massage nodule. Excellent. We, we, like, we could even like clamp over the top of the shoulders. Oh, exactly. So that it holds them back into exactly. the seat. There's just no getting away. They can see all the gate information. We wouldn't yes. want them to not have any you're, of that. You're, but, going uh, to, you're going to get no like use a, of arms or legs. You're going to get like a third of the way into this massage and go. Ooh, you're massaging me there. Thought you'd buy me a drink first before you started massaging there. Well, yeah, see, I mean, they'll probably think, oh, it's just the shoulders, but no, it's going to work all the way down. It's, it's going to oh, not only hold the oh, legs, no, no. it's going to massage once, the legs. What it, no, no, well, even, once it starts massaging the buttocks and starts, like, doing a sort of rotating motion... I mean, you've got to do the sciatic area. Exactly. It's very important it's, to do the sciatic area. It's very area. important. And, look, we, we, are not go- we are not going to make it clear where this is going to end. We're just going to keep surprising you with new kinds of I massage. Mean, I mean, there's all sorts of massages that can be done. Some of it's uh, quite uh, personal. And, and every now and then it'll stop and you'll go, I don't know if that was 15 minutes. Time has lost all meaning. Slightly like, loosen the may- grip, maybe, yeah. just to give them a just, little... Just so that the, just ha, enough, we've got just, you. Just enough for them to go, oh, was I slightly losing sensation in those limbs? Wait, no, no time to think about that. We're back in. Back in the room. Oh, I think it's going to be the perfect experience. I cannot see him. Any possible problems with this? Oh, 
killed. What is it this time? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm very fearsome. Who hath summoned me? Hi. Uh, what do you want? Well, you know, I was thinking that uh, all the, the, the rich and powerful are having a great time. Wouldn't it be terrible if they were, you know, attacked by demons and then, you know, all the their, their stuff that they built up, all their machinations had been destroyed? Ooh, demon stuff. You're a demon. Do the demon thing. Look, I'm going to be honest. I The second you summoned me and I saw all the, you know, all the... Uh, the anarchist shit. I knew it was going to be one of these calls. Um, how many times do I need to tell, explain this to people? You have not gone high enough up the chain. Right. Okay. Um, so, ah, 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 so you're in the circle, so you have to do what I say. I want to summon your manager. Oh, God, you don't know. I want to summon this all the way to corporate. Oh, okay. Look, you are going to need to do so much paperwork you don't even understand. You realize how much paperwork hell has to keep you in paperwork hell, as it were. You need to go to someone, I'm going to say like 15 levels more senior than me each, which is going to be a lot of paperwork, because... The levels of evil going on on Earth right now are, like, the people who have been here since, like, day one are working on that shit. Then I charge you, oh demon, to do the paperwork to summon your manager. Or your area manager. Regional man. I'm not really sure how it works, but I'm guessing it works like a Starbucks because that's kind of evil. Evil demon stuff, you have to do that now. I can uh, put a silt circle around an SUV if that helps. I am literally not allowed to do the paperwork. I physically cannot do it. Here's the first 3,000 pages, though. Have fun. Okay, well, can you point me in the direction of an imp that I can get to do this or something? Uh, you have to do it. You're in the circle. Fine. Draw the same circle you did for me, but with, like, little tiny horns on it. You'll get the imps. Oh, okay. Thanks. I dispel you, oh demon, bye. So, uh, what, what you been watching? What have been in my eyes? eyes? Uh, well, we watched the second half of The Man Who Fell to Earth. The, definitely the better half. Yeah. Um, not without its flaws, but no. the, the better half. <laughs> yes. Um, I am deeply, morbidly fascinated by that show. Um, huh. The ending, the ending felt like it ended like six or seven times. Yeah, where it was like, ah, yes, of course, this would be the natural ending. Now we've wrapped up for this season bit, one, but we're gonna keep going. And here's it, another bit we've wrapped it, up. They, they went several points into what would have. It had the ending of season one has real vibes of. They we might did, not get another. They, season. they did what they thought the ending of season one should be, and then panicked. They might not get a season two, so recorded like three or four extra scenes. Just in case they don't get a season two. Yeah, but it, none of them were, like, cohesive. It was all like, oh, here's a bit more. And then that concluded. Yeah. And then here's they, a bit more. They, they keep, and that concluded. Yeah. What, what if we... Okay, well, what if we just, like, did, like, a little bit more? And here was another big reveal. And then that concluded. It felt like they, they <laughs> went, here is the outline for the next four seasons. Cool. Do it in <laughs> ten minutes. Okay. <laughs> it's... 
It's a weirdly paced ending. Yeah. Um, I like some of the choices that were made with this show, and there are some interesting things that went on. Um, some of the character, a lot of the character performances were very well acted yeah. for what they were doing. I fundamentally feel like the biggest issue this show has is still its over-reliance on uh, autism tropes equal alien and its resistance to do anything interesting with that or to avoid using it to make, like, bad implications. Yeah, mental health in general in this series, like trauma stuff. There's so many different ways it feels like it not even necessarily demonizes, but just badly portrays yeah. or or portrays in a bad light a bunch of different things it, without yeah. ever going, oh, we're not going to call them that, except the autism, which is the only thing yeah. that's outright stated. Mo- most, yeah. It, it's weird. It feels kind of like something that would have happened, like, I'm going to say, like, 15 years ago, where you would get a show that was trying to win awards at award seasons by being, oh, it's so deep, it tackles so many deep, uh, real-world themes. But if we don't Dis- say the name, we yeah. can just but, separate yeah, ourselves. But not saying the name of any of the things so no one criticizes them mm. for the portrayal. Yeah. Like, if anyone tried to go, that was kind of a damaging portrayal of OCD. No, 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 that wasn't OCD. No, 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 we never said that OCD. That person was just quirky. Yeah, it's... It's a real shame, because, like, as that season went on, and as it gets towards its end... It had some genuinely good episodes, some genuinely good stretches. Some good character Um, growth. Yeah. There is one, like, extended sequence, and I want to talk about it in, like, kind of vague terms, but I, like, I don't feel like this is a show you need to worry about being spoiled on too much. Um, there is an extended sequence quite late on in this show where a person wants information and is basically told, play Russian roulette, and every time you pull the trigger, I'll tell you another answer. And that whole sequence was really fucking interesting. Yes. Like, that was one genuinely good bit of filmmaking going yeah. on there, where it was like, just One two- character yeah. just playing it's, someone else. Yeah. it was just two people having a very specific uh, emotional back and forth. Yes. Try, like, playing each other for information. And you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of fucking Death Note in its best moments, where it is two people just having a mental back and forth trying to Trying to come out on top in this, like, I know what you're doing. Yeah, you. I know you know Can what I'm doing. Can you imagine the like, anime of this? Fucking, where, with the, right. all the internal stuff. Yes, that's... But that's the thing, is it was like, it was performed in such a way that even without hearing the fucking anime yeah. in a monologue, they portrayed it on their faces very well. Yeah. There was a lot of very exaggerated performance in that scene. Like, this is clearly a show made by talented people. And in moments like that, I'm like... You have the talent to make a really good show here. You don't need to rely on these fucking crutches that you are relying on and not using terribly well. Yeah, I would be fascinated to like look into who was involved in making this, what their history is, what yeah. uh... like specifically, whoever made that scene, I wanna go like what what else is on your IMDB? Did you make anything interesting? Yeah. Yeah. It has some genuinely great moments, this show. In a month, you do have to watch the first yeah. five episodes to get to. Uh, maybe even the first six, I would say. I I feel like things did start to tidy up by in episode six, but that, yeah, maybe yeah, right. the sixth episode kind of got things going. It's it was weird because we both sat here going, "Why didn't this happen three episodes ago?" Yes. we would have felt way less negative yeah, last we week. Were, we were very much like if if they'd reached. 
by episode three, they'd reached the point that they were at by like episode six. I'd have been a lot more forgiving of the pacing. Yeah. They just dragged on the most critical part of that show too long. Yeah. Uh like I'm not I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. I am still of the opinion I might have to, in the next couple of weeks, sit down and start writing, like, a three-hour-long video essay about this. I need to watch the original, like, movie version and read the book. I want to do one of those, like, big old fucking deep dives on this. I am ready. I, I'm ready to watch that. I have so many thoughts to dissect and pick apart. Oh. Good luck getting that through, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what about you? What else are you? What else are you putting in your eyes this week? I mean, I have started reading the um, Spider Verse, Spider Verse, Spider Geddon Omnibus. Yes, uh, it's one thousand four hundred and something pages of Spider Man, Spider Verse stuff. Spider Man, Spider Man. How is the Spider Man going? It's very complicated. I don't really understand some of the stuff, and I don't know if that's because I don't know enough Spider Man. <laughs> Or because it's tr deliberately trying to be a bit vague about some of the backstory stuff. Uh. Like, as far as I can tell, there's, like, a family of super vampires who are basically killing spider-persons all across oh, the multiverse. Yes. There's, like, I think they're called the Inheritors. Yes. It's like, I don't know if they've so, been in much else outside of this. I don't. I know a th I think I know a thing that okay. might be useful info for you, but it might be a spoiler. Okay. Like the book might be planning to say it later. Okay. Well, I don't we'll wait on that then. Yeah. Um I am aware of the inheritors as a thing, and I'm curious yeah. The inheritors are maybe relevant to Spider Versey things. Yes. Um there was that they it keeps showing you like fascinating bits of things that it's like and then they died. This is <laughs> I'm, I always have this fucking experience with comics. It's so hard to find just, like, a, something that feels like it's telling a complete story and not just going, oh, yeah, them and oh, no, yeah, no, they're gone again now. Yeah, like, there clearly is a thread going through this. Like, the thing it really... Because it opens with a, here is the first Spider-Person to die. Then it sort of goes into Superior Spider-Man um, with the whole Doc Ock in Peter's yes. body. Determined to be a better spider person. Yes. Um, but also, like, disappearing to 2099 and encountering a world where Spider-Man 2099 exists, but not actually meeting him. Yeah. Then, like, setting up, like, a whole, shit, somebody's killing spider people. Yeah. And uh, I technically am a spider person right now. So yeah. I, Superior Spider-Man, will set up a force of Spider People. I like Spider Monkey. Spider Monkey's quite cool. <laughs> that seems like an interesting uh, character. Su Superior Spider Man is a fascinating story. Like, in its own right, it's one of the few spider stories that, like, I've read some amount of properly. Mm. Um, yeah, for anyone who doesn't, doesn't know, Doc Ock ends up, like, inhabiting Spider Man's body, and it, there's a bunch of interesting stuff that comes out of that, such as. Doc Ock um, going going to punch, I think it's Rhino, and accidentally punching his jaw clean off. Yes, Spider-Man like, pulls his punches. Yes, and having this moment of, oh god, <laughs> oh god, Peter's been pulling his punches. Any punch could have killed me. He <laughs> he was choosing not to kill me every time. Fuck. Yep. Um, which, that, it's a fun line of stories, that. Yeah. But also, like, as we've met more Spider-People, like, the Spider-People who are not afraid to kill. Yeah. Uh, the the spider people who are um 
you know, diff, diff, like, uh, from different parts of the world or different fucking species or Mm. like, we're not necessarily getting like a lot of background stuff around that, but also like, there seems to be a lot going on. And then there's occasionally just like a, and, and then, Khan or whoever shows up in, an, in another multi-person. Here's a really cool spider person for about 12 panels. Now they're dead. Bye. <laughs> uh, now back to the gathering of the spider people and, and Superior Spider-Man trying to work out how to track these people or how to stop them realising there's more than one. <laughs> um, but then also like all the history of like oh there's... there is a web that like the the web that c- connects the universe was created by a being, and that being maybe is dead or maybe is just imprisoned or something. But like we've not had much much of of that sort of story. It's like there's little snippets of so many fascinating things, and I don't know if it's just stuff that already exists or stuff that was made to be like this is a disposable moment right now, uh, and I've already got. 1400 pages to read as it is without yes. going what is the background for all of this yes i'm just gonna have to pester arachno and just be like yes. Hi. answer my questions Hi. Uh, but yeah like we've had some some spider-man noir now yeah um yeah it's it's fascinating we, yeah we've got we've we've, we've got uh, like three killer spider peoples now uh yeah it's, it's going some places i've just got to spider-man uk Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, this is, and, and the weird Cerebro thing that isn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's a lot going on, and it's it's very dense, and you, you either have to read this book on a table, or just treat it as a workout, because it's heavy as fuck. Yeah, it's <laughs> quite the fucking book. But, like, I've, I've moved house a few times with comic books, and that is always, like... Pack it in small boxes. All the comics go in very small boxes. <laughs> yes. But like, uh, and one... I'm used to trade, and that's usually like trade, like boxes of trade paperbacks because yeah. I don't tend to buy comic comics. Yeah. And this being a hardback omnibus of like forty something different comic books. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one, if it gets boxed at all, gets a box of its own. Probably. That, that, that one's just like I'm just gonna have to carry this on my lap. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm enjoying it. It's 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 good so far. Even if I'm a bit like I don't really know what's happening. The art's nice. I've just we just got to Miss Marvel. That was yeah. cool. Miss Marvel doing like being super fangirly about the fact that it's like, oh my god, I'm teaming up with Spider Man, yay! Yeah. <laughs> Which is always fun. Uh, what about you? Have you looked at anything else? Um, I mean, look, mo- most of my looking at stuff this week was I was very briefly in Oslo in Norway. Um, I, I when I say I was very briefly in Oslo, um. It was about 24 hours between leaving the UK and arriving back in the UK, and that includes flight time, going back to the airport, sitting around in the airport, flying home. Yeah, that was like four hours between it, wasn't it? Yeah, something something like that. It was... Because you left here at like 6am and got back just after 10. So, yeah, so my flight le- left taking off from the UK at like 9.30, and by 9.45 the following day I'd landed... So I was in, in you know, uh, t- runway to runway, about twenty four yeah. hours. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was in Oslo for one day of of uh, Oslo Pride. Mm-hmm. Um. 
I did a lovely talk with uh, Molly Oxenid, um, who's another author. We talked about uh, trans healthcare across various countries and also trans joy and yeah. finding space for trans joy within systems that aren't always great. Um, and then I went and saw a little art collective bit of, of Oslo that you included saw the, 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 the Dick Swan. The Dick Swan. Yeah, the, the Dick and Ball Swan. Yeah. Um, Yes, the, as we were heading over to this place to go get dinner, it was, we're going over to the artsy bit. Sorry, to be clear, not the bougie art, artsy bit, like the art collective. The bohemian. The bohemian <laughs> artsy bit. Um, <laughs> and about 30 seconds later, oh, have I told you about the dick swan? And it just looks like a dick and balls puppeted to look like a swan in a river. That is like chained to the bottom of the river somehow. So it's got so a bit it, of a sway. It does have a bit of a sway, like it sort of flows with the water a bit, like <laughs> a swan would. It's just a dick and ball swan yeah. that exists. Sometimes you gotta. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta hang out in a graffitied cafe eating pizza overlooking the dick swan. Look, a dick and ball's drawn on, on a wall in Marca Passe. Yeah. A dick and ball's piece of art that floats in the river. Yeah. That somehow no one has gone and stolen to have the Dick and Ball Why would you steal hand. the Dick and Ball Swan? I don't know. I feel like someone at some point would go, I need to own the Dick and Ball Swan. It I'm belongs glad, to the community. I'm glad that the community feels that way. I'm glad no one has had the impulsive thought at 3am, I want the Dick and Ball Swan. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm imagining one of those people who's like, oh yeah, I prank stole the Dick and Ball Swan. Here's me taking pictures of it all across the world. Here's the Dick and Ball Swan in front of the pyramids. Here's the Dick and Ball Swan on yeah. the wall of China. Um. So yeah... <laughs> Uh, I went to I went to Oslo Pride. Um, it was a heavy day in the city. Yes. Um, it was the anniversary of a pretty heavy day last year with Pride, and uh, I was not around for the heavier parts of that day because I was giving my my, my talk about joy at the time. I that was I believe a deliberate. For people who thing. were gonna find that a bit much, yeah. they wanted to have a thing. So I, I had my, uh, after the talk when I had a little somber bit, and then went and saw a dick and ball swan, and I was hmm. like, you know what? Sometimes the best way that you fight a heavy day is go look at a dick and ball swan with some other trans people and go, fuck yeah, yeah. That's you know, you find your trans joy where you can. Fuck yeah, you do. Uh, what about you? What you what you what you looked at? Uh, I watched a documentary, I guess, uh, the Monkey Island Two speedrun history on the channel One Short Eye on YouTube. Ooh. Uh, yeah, going from like, hey, someone's like, I think I can probably finish this fairly quickly. Here's forty five minutes to. Hey, we worked out that if you play the Amiga version, some of the animations are a bit quicker. We worked out that if you play it, the FM Towns version, there's just a whole sequence that doesn't need to happen. <laughs> but that caused problems. But this caused problems. Um, and not one of them was, and then I did the thing, <laughs> which is so common in speedrun videos, and, and then I was the one who made the fastest possible time. Um, yeah, that community of speedrunners <laughs> seems really chill. I, um, I like when you get a chill speedrun community. You're like, even like, yeah, we built a fac... Yeah. Um, and that similar sort of situation you ended up in of, hey, you're the people who speedrun this, so if you want to set the rules for how this do... Yeah, yeah, I've I've ended up in that situation in more than one speedrun community. Yeah. Um, like, I... 
when I there was a while where I was the only person speedrunning Train Simulator Two, and I I came across an issue to do with like, do we use real time uh, timers or in game timers because there is a discrepancy because that game is weirdly coded, yes. and depending on the frame rate of the game will cause funky things to happen with the in game time timer. Right. And how you score uh, speedruns that way, and what 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 makes the most sense? Oh. It's uh, it's 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 fascinating when you know a game well enough to go. I I, gotta I guess answer, I am the authority. I, I gotta be I gotta be the authority on what we do about this weird peculiarity. Yeah, there there seemed to be a whole thing of um, like working out what was was legal or not because yeah. obviously it's a scum game so a lot of people like will play it in scum vm yeah. and then one runner was basically finding that for whatever reason it was just animating slower on their system yeah so at home they couldn't you know tried various things and they couldn't ever make it work to the point where, like, much later in their video, like, and the people at ScumVM were apparently watching this and basically came to us and went, what needs fixing? We're going to try and, like, we're going to do an update. What, what what things do you want dealt with? Yeah. Because ScumVM's open source. So at some point somebody went, hey, I've worked out what the problem is. I'm just going to do a fork of it. It's, it's this version. It's available here for you to just go oh. grab and use. And that like fixed this problem with the, with this one person's timing, but then like having to come up with rules of okay, like so, are you allowed to quick load and quick save? Because yeah. that feature did not exist in the original game. Mm. But um, Monkey Island um, Two doesn't have that kind of saving anyway, because it uses the scum saving or scum VM saving. So what, do we allow quick loading, quick saving? like, well, if you ran that on a modern system outside of ScumVM, like yeah. if you had all the current hardware things, the time it would take to load and save would be instantaneous anyway. So yeah. fuck it, we'll just allow it. Well, that's it. As long as you make a standard that everyone can agree to, you know, with these things. And it was um, nice that it was the community, because apparently like a lot of people in the comments were like, mm, no, 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 no. Do you speedrun this? No, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> we it's... who actually do will make this decision. Yeah, yeah. It's... Gatekeeping. <laughs> yeah, they, these kind of conversations are, are complicated, and sometimes there's just no good answers. Like, without getting into too much complexity, the reason I haven't gone back to Cooking Mama speedrunning is because we have, like, a issue with there are only really three people who speedrun that game there are three different versions of that game which are like each of the people has one of the versions and all of them have different things that impact the fundamental speed of speedrunning yeah. and unless you want to fork the speedrun leaderboard into three separate sub leaderboards that only yeah. have one person in each it's like sometimes yeah just gotta hope that eventually the th things uh, things will change so that you can Make the communities work the way they yeah. need to. Speedrunning's complicated, and it's usually not even the speedruns themselves that make it so. Yeah, I mean, I guess eventually, maybe in like an emulated version. Yeah, well, the thing the thing we've been trying uh, trying to do, and like, it it's what kind of put the Cooking Mama speedrunning community on hold was one of the three people who speeds run that uh, that game was like, I'm going to code a thing that you can have running while the game is there, and the main thing that changes the speed between the speedruns is the loading speeds that will detect when a loading screen is happening and automatically pause your speedrun okay. timer and unpause it automatically when the loading screen ends, and we make that a standard for the speedrun that is just available to everyone. 
uh, so that you can speedrun any version and it will d- uh, negate the the uh, loading screen disparity. Okay, so I imagine it's a bit like yeah. the um, the five-store Pokemon raid thing where it was like checking for regions of the screen that were a certain colour. Yes, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's all gone that, black here, then. But that tool do- doesn't yet exist and, you know... It's being done for free, so you can't yeah, really chase can't, it. You can't really chase about it, but it, like... Until that tool exists, and it's now like two years later, um, uh, that speedrun community just kind of has halted. Yeah. You know, sometimes that's how, how it be. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. It was good. Uh, what about you? Have you watched anything else? Uh, the only other thing I've watched, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know whether I will stick with this or whether I will regret the choice I have made. Okay. I've, I've watched the first two episodes of One Piece. Oh, you only had one down on the list, so you've watched the second yeah, one. Yeah, I watched then. the second one while, while finishing the t- the list and finishing up work. Huh. Um, this is the live action. Netflix? No, 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 that's that's not oh, out. This is actual. This is actual One Piece. Okay. Actual. There are one thousand episodes of it. Well, one Piece. Are they long? Uh they're like twenty minutes. Okay, so like a standard. Um, yeah, standard anime Ooh. episodes. Um, so. I don't know if I'm going to watch the whole of One Piece, and I have found some good lists that are like, these are the episodes that are completely not canon to the manga that you can skip, and like, which ones are are, like, never going to be relevant, you don't need to. Right. Um, You can cut the filler. Yeah, but... So, I never thought I was going to tackle One Piece, because it's fucking intimidating trying to start a show that has a thousand episodes. Yeah. Um... And you know what kind of got me over the hurdle of, like, maybe I'm going to try watching it? Is I've gotten really fucking fascinated by One Piece lore video TikTok. Right. I've fallen down a rabbit hole, and the world building of One Piece is genuinely fascinating. Okay. Um, I There's a couple of different TikTok channels that, like, have been routinely popping up, and I've been routinely enjoying their videos about, like, the world building of how this world works. Uh, fundamentally, One Piece is a show about a bunch of pirates trying to find a legendary rumoured treasure called the One Piece in a big world that is ruled by a big, scary, all-controlling government that definitely doesn't want anyone to find the One Piece, from what I can tell, because on top of whatever else it contains, it also contains the secrets of the world government and how to overthrow their whole tyrannical rule. Right. Exists within this treasure. So I that assume they have find. it and they're hiding it. Uh, n- seemingly not. No. Okay. Um, it is someone found out the secrets of the government and hid them in a big treasure somewhere. Okay. Um, and uh, the the way that like this treasure hunt thing works, um, is that the usual u- rules of navigation don't work properly in this world. Right. Um, and there are weird finicky things about like you have to you have to navigate the world of the world on this treasure hunt by these specific very finicky rules that are very in-depth and really interesting to dig into. Uh-huh. Um but the the show itself is about this character Luffy who uh he wants to be the king of the pirates. He wants to be pirate king, and he's just a goofy little lad. He, he just wants to be a good pirate. He ate a fruit from from what I can tell. He ate a fruit, and it made him rubber. He's he's just rubber now. Okay. He can, he can is do... there somebody else who's who's glue? I've yet to meet anyone who is glue. Oh. Uh, there are these things. I'm probably gonna get some stuff wrong here. This is from two episodes watching and some osmosis picking up. And yeah, isn't there like a whole thing about like? 
Something with the fruit. Yeah, so there are various fruits that give abilities when consumed, and they're, like, rare, hard-to-find things. But also, I think something to do with the person who eats the fruit determines what effect it will have, to some degree. Um... And once you've eaten one of these, you, you you won't get more powers by eating more of them. You ate your one, you have your power. And uh, from having watched like two episodes, here's what I've really taken away. Uh, Luffy is a very endearing character in that he is definitely like good-hearted, but a dumbass. He's a good-hearted Excellent. dumbass who is incredibly optimistic about like hey, maybe everything's just going to work out. Maybe people are going to be, like, nice and stuff in the face of overwhelming evidence that they won't be nice. He's just... He just wants to believe the best in people. Um, and his, he's currently at the start of this on his quest to be like, I want to be the Pirate King. Don't know how I'm going to do that, but pirates need crews. I'm going to go find people. Um, oh, there's this person called Zora, the pirate-murdering assassin who murders pirates. He sounds fun. He's good with swords, let's go and get him to be in our crew. Uh-huh. And, like, going off and fighting this monster assassin who turns out to be nicer than people think he is, and Luffy being like, I'm gonna do a nice thing for you, come join my little squad. <laughs> He's just going around collecting friends to go on a little pirate treasure hunt. He seems very endearing. Is it gay? Um, not that I've yet seen, but also, like... More gay pirates, please. Right, right, um... And look, I'm going into this with the knowledge in advance that, like, I'm bracing for this to maybe not be great about depictions of fat people at times. It There may at some point be something a little transphobic that briefly happens. I go in that with... That sounds like anime. Yeah, I go in with this knowledge. And specifically, this is a thousand episode anime that started in the fucking late 90s. Um... I'm willing to give some leniency for this started, like, 15, 20 years ago or whenever. Like, a couple of things are probably going to come up that I'm going to get, I'm going to bristle at a little bit on the way there. But I've been enjoying every, every time, like, weird lore videos come up about, like, navigation following the log lines in the second half of the, the Grand Line and what's going on with the big landmass and how's that all working. I'm like... There's some, like, fucking... It it feels like the way that fucking Tolkien goes, like, I'm gonna think through every fucking step of this world before mm. I even start telling a story in it level shit. Okay. And I'm like, I like a well-thought-out planet. You've given me, like, a weird world with weird Logical rules. Logical consistent consist, Consistent, but strange ways that it, it this world... Uh, functions. Yeah. I know basically nothing about the fucking characters. I know that they're on a quest to find the four things and have someone to translate them, and that will probably lead to where the One Piece is. But I, I know I know Luffy and I know Zoro now, and they seem like lovable little scamps who I want to see adventures happen with. Will I stick with One Piece? Who the fuck knows? That it's a thousand episodes. It's a bit intimidating, but that's fair. It, it's there, and there's a dub of it, which means that I can kind of, like, second screen it while I'm doing other stuff. Mm. We'll, we'll see. Uh, what about you? You put anything else in your eyes? Uh, let me double check. I've watched a lot of videos about how to do contact juggling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and and how to do rope dart. Cause, um, so I have a friend who I've known for years from, like, my very first days of raving, Ooh. like, 15 years ago-ish. Mm. Um, who was, like, one of the people who on a particularly messy night out was like, I'll teach you a new move. And on the night, I could not do it. But I went home 
And I drilled that move for days and I had it perfected within a week. <laughs> and I still know it to this day. Um, and we've occasionally bumped into each other at random events, but like she does a lot of circus skills. Like the, the thing where you have like a rolly thing and then you stand on a bit of wood on top of the rolly thing. Yeah. And then you do just other stuff on top of that, be that poi or juggling or <laughs> what the fuck else. Um, and she's been talking for a while about like rope dart being like, look, I know I do a lot of poi and I'm always in poi videos and I'm always doing like professional poi shoots and stuff, but I really love rope dart. Yeah. And I've watched a bunch of, I keep getting like rope dart recommendations on, <laughs> on TikTok, weirdly. It's like, they know me. Um, so I was like, yeah, that looks fun. And a lot of those skills look really transferable. <laughs> and also, you know, I can't fight for shit, but if, you know, if things go really badly, <laughs> maybe I could just behead a fascist. So, so what you're saying is TikTok has also led you into, Maybe this is the direction I will go. Maybe this is the maybe this is the self defense yeah. I will have you come sh- the end of the world. It's it's led you to a self defense tool and me to a thousand episode anime. <laughs> but, you know, we we've got our priorities. Yeah, self defense <laughs> and, and, and yeah, no, the stretchy pirate boy, stretchy pirate boy. Yeah, yes. he can't go in water that's too deep because he ate the fruit and now he can't go in water no more. You can't open put because it'll drown or I I my is understanding is anyone who eats the the fruit, if they go in if they're submerged in water, all their stamina goes and their powers stop working and they just sink in the water. Okay, and then can they get back out of that if they don't die? Like uh, if, if someone if, if they them? don't die they could like be rescued or like walk back to land, I guess. Okay. I, I think I saw something about a fish person had one of these fruits and it still made them lose their powers and sink to the bottom, but they were a fish so they could just like walk and eventually get back to land. Okay. So But could they survive on land or were they just a very bo- I, were they now just I, a bottom? I, I don't know. I don't know the specifics. I'm well, I'm picking up one piece through osmosis as I <laughs> begin to watch it. Well. <sighs> yeah, have you watched anything else? No, I think that's about it. Well then <gasps> time for this. Hey, Laura. What? We've got a new sponsor. <gasps> Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you think about writing a ham-fisted metaphorical story about oppression, but divorced from real-world context? Um, thankfully not. I've got more sense than that, but maybe someone listening. How about considering writing a minority background protagonist you lack lived experience of, but you reckon you could probably just wing it? Again, not for me, but like... You know, statistically, someone's probably trying to do that right now. Try just don't dot lol dot net. It's a digital writing assistant. Ooh. Ooh. Their digital writing assistant will catch all instances where you're going to really fuck shit up and simply let you know, just don't. Ooh, let me try. Let me try this. Um, okay, okay. Uh, how, how do I want to do this? How do I want to do this? And then the evil villain, who was obviously evil because they were trans. Oh, oh, and there's the pop-up. Oh, yeah, there we go. There That's we go, it worked. Okay, okay, well, let, let, hang on, let, hang on, hang on, let me try one. And then the person who was bad because they had a scar. Oh, oh, yep. Apparently. Ah. Yeah, it yeah. even gives me context of why ah, I shouldn't yeah, be yeah. writing. Yeah, using facial differences as shorthand for evil is is bad. Uh, see, it says yeah. right there. It does. I'm glad it picked up on that, because that felt yeah. like quite a simple one. Fact, that I James mean, Bond failed to pick up yeah, on Yeah, well, I mean, everything decades. still 
fa- fails yeah. it even to today. Yeah. That is a way too common That's one. That's way too common. Yeah, but, yeah. but, but it, it picks it up. So just it, don't. Just don't. Right? Yeah. It picks up on that. And it's not, obviously, it's not just the, the obvious things like this. It, it's maybe things that even we wouldn't have thought about. Maybe it's a turn of phrase that you know, that you've heard all your life. And it turns out it actually has connotations that no one's just ever pointed out to you. Well, now the thing will point just just don't we'll point that out to you. It will even give you links to read more about the subject. Yeah. So that you can become more understanding of the thing that you nearly stumbled into. Yeah. And maybe even become a better writer. So that's just don't.lol.let.net. Enter the code QNPS266. And you get 10% off your first month of just don't. Just yeah. do, in this case. Ooh. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, I don't know if you heard about this. Scientists think they have a breakthrough on dream hacking. Yeah, yeah, tell me more. Right, and well, people are considering the possibility that maybe that we could start advertising oh. in people's dreams. Like, straight into their minds when they're, they're at the most vulnerable. We can get in there and, you know, just yeah, they call can, a shooting, they can, DLC, yeah, DLC. Yeah, they can't just walk away. They're in a dream. What are they going to do? Not be in a dream anymore? No, what are they going to do? Lucidly dream? Uh, maybe that's not even real. Who knows? And maybe, you know, we have ways of blocking that with the new advertising tech. Okay. But what if we took it one further? Okay, okay, tell me more. What if we could get this in the office? Right. And anytime someone fell asleep at their desk, there's like an automatic message being like, hey, get the fuck back to work. <gasps> we could inject dream floggings. You fall asleep at your desk, you you dream of being flogged. You are being flogged in your dreams. Until you wake up and get back to work, you are going to experience flogging. And maybe if you flog in your dreams, you flog for real. <gasps> but, oh, I've just thought of the best part of this. Right. If we haven't physically flogged them, we can't get in trouble. This is a kind of flogging that can happen to them that we... There is no paper trail that we've logged them. There are, there are no, no no marks. We have left no... We have left no, no, left no signs. Yeah, just emotional damage through mental scarring. But you cannot see that. If you cannot see any of that, then it must not be real. Yeah. There are no brain bruises if, that can be tracked. If you can't see the hit, you must acquit. You are a fucking genius. I know. So, what have you put in your ears? I hear it's lots of things. Uh, Not not lots of things. Just a multiple thing. I I put a couple new songs in my ears. Um, I listened to a song called Cowboy Tanaka by a band called Atomic Guava. Okay. Fucking love a weird band name. Indeed. Uh, it's a very sort of theatrical storytelling, um, like anime inspired. Uh, the best way I can describe it is like high speed rock, but with some electronic stuff in there. Amazing. The kind of thing that you'd have, like, I can talk about the vibe. It feels like it would be the opening to like season two or season three of an English translated shonen anime. Right. Um, yeah. Very, like, danceable, shoutable, you know, shout-along-with kind of rock track that uses cowboys having a duel under the setting sun imagery. Um, it also has, like, it reminded me of some ways of, like, the second opening to Death Note, in that, like, after some, like, choir-style chanting, it goes into, like, a very growly, screamy metal breakdown. 
it's there are some to- there are some tonal shifts as that track happens. It was a fun it was a fun listen. There was a lot going on in it. Um, the other one I listened to was a track called Witch by a band called Burn the Ballroom. Uh, another like grand and pretty fast rock track, but one that lyrically reminded me very much of like being fifteen and wanting to get out of Christianity as I was coming out as gay slash trans. Uh, it's it's very much a sort of I'm going to whisk you away before they find you and burn you at the stake for the sins they falsely believe that you are kind of vibes. Mm. It's the kind of thing that 15-year-old me would have listened to and, like, daydreamed about without really knowing why. Good, good, good vibes. Good, I'm going to come in and whisk you away before they they call you a sinner kind of of rock track. Mm -hmm. This is a fun, this is a fun, this is a good listen. Yeah. What about you? What you listen to this week? Uh, I have listened to an awful lot of Glitch Hop because it's good to point to. Yeah. Let me see. See if I can find any names. So we got uh, Protest Star and Man um, Mandorli, Aruxa, Mind Invaders Genesis, KV9 Las Vegas, uh, K9, that's N-E-I-N, 2K15, uh, Avenza Molten, mm-hmm. uh, Audio Weapon Rewind, Protest Star and Draper Chrysalis. There's just some names. It's all good glitchy funky stuff. It's good fun. Just good to poi to. Not too fast, but like glitchy in a way that make you want to do like cool stalls and, mm. and stuff when you're doing the poi things. Uh, have you listened to anything else? Nah, that's about it for me. Well then, time for this. Champagne, 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 champagne. Oh yes, yes champagne. Yes, yes. I must say, I'm very, very happy about this new buyout. We've oh, done a yes, wonderful yes, job. Yes, 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 yes. A wonderful job. I mean, we've just bought one of the biggest companies in the entire world. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm not so up to speed on the specifics, but I, I hear buyout. I, I hear money. Yes, I mean, I understand you also did a bit of a buyout uh, this week. Oh, I'm buyouts happening left, right, and centre. So I don't even know what I have half the time. Oh, yeah, same, same. But I think we've done a wonderful job. I think this company is going to be absolutely um, massive. Uh, oh, um, legal. Hello, yes. Uh, oh, uh, an update. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, okay, and your resignation. Oh, okay. Let's let's have a look here. Right. Well, ah, you didn't uh, handle the buyout yourself, did you? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, just gives you one of the peons oh, yes, to do of it. Yes, yeah, we just go buy things. Yes. So we have things. We have yes, all the things. Of course, yes, yes. Yes, well, it seems maybe we've uh, been bidding against each other for the company we already had. Oh. And now, somehow, we don't own anything anymore. Wait, what? Yeah, we don't own any of the whole hedge funds, the whole, all of the companies that we'd been buying up, somehow we fucked up. We don't have any money. The company doesn't own any of the companies. They're all now self-governing again. And we're, uh, we're, we're I, out. I, 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 I don't understand. I don't know either. Somehow your idiot was bidding against my idiot and now, well, it turns out there's, uh, yes, we've uh, somehow managed to simultaneously buy ourselves out we bought ourselves from ourselves yes and that costs so much money and in fees and and all sorts of other things that now we don't actually have any of it we no longer own ourselves because we sold ourselves to ourselves someone bought us from us but it was us yes 
and it's somehow all the money has gone into that. I think maybe some accounting happened and now it's all offshore, but none of it's ours. And now somehow it all belongs to the companies as individuals rather than as subsidiaries of our company and our hedge fund and, and so forth. So, well, this is uh, awkward. I wonder if Daddy will give me a loan. Oh no, I bought my father last month. <laughs> oh no. Right, right. Okay, let's let's get to work. Let's get to work. Yes. Uh, what do you want to do? Well, well, we've we've been on this project for a little while. We need to we need to get this this locked in by the end of today. Right. Worst passenger ever that you could get stuck on a flight next to. I think next this is to. exactly. I mean, we've done stuck in front of. That's obviously a child who's kicking the chair constantly. Well, exactly, exactly. And I think you know to be behind of is person who decides to like. Put their hair over the chair so it's covering your mm, screen so you mm, don't get mm, to watch in flight mm, movies. Mm, but, uh, mm. you know, for the, for the, look, it, mm. we really should have gotten around to this le- level of hell before today. But, right, um, yeah, I'm so saying. we've been busy. We've been, we've busy. been busy. So, been busy. okay, starting, starting positions. Right. Um, obviously, they're going to get on the, in, uh, in the seat and then take their shoes and socks off straight away. Naturally, of naturally. And also, Manspreading, got to be manspreading oh, at least, uh, at least, I, I think uh, almost 180 degrees. Yes, yes. Uh, common wisdom would say that the person in the middle seat, the one benefit they get is that both the middle armrests are theirs. Uh, no, this person is going to ignore that entirely and take that, that armrest from you. Oh, yes, so arms and legs spread. Excellent. Yes. Um, the, despite being in a window seat that they specifically booked, mm. they're going to get up every two and a half minutes to go to the bathroom. Oh, yes, yes. The yes. entire long haul flight. Bladder like a thimble. Yes, exactly. And and you'll you'll offer to swap seats with them to yes, yes, yes. save convenience. But no, like, they want the window. No, 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 I want the window. I paid for the window. You're not making room for the window. Anyway, stand up again. I need to pee again or I'm going to pee myself here. But know. they're only going to have the window open at night. And then when there's possible things to see, they're going to have that down. There's always oh, too bright, they'll say. Or something uh, like yes, that. yes. Um, okay, what else? What else? Um loudly playing music on their own personal speaker device and for yes, some reason yes. the airline the, those, doesn't have those, a rule against it. Those headphones are going to leak like fuck. Oh no, no, not even Oh, do you think open back no, headphones? No, no, no. I think they have a Bluetooth speaker. Oh, right. I think yes, they're just yes, pointing yes. a titty yeah. one. It's got to be a tinny one. Uh, a tinny one. I thought you said a titty one. I, I think it's shaped like a titty now. <laughs> okay, it's it's offensive <laughs> on multiple levels. Yes, indeed. It, it's, it's, it's a, a tinny little titty. It's, titty. A t- it's, <laughs> it's a very strange thing. Everyone's a bit uncomfortable about it, but no one wants to say anything because what do you say to the person loudly playing tinny music out of the titty speaker? Yes, and it's made of silicon, so it jiggles. As oh well. god! Oh god! It and, they're, and they're wearing a T-shirt that says "FBI Female Body Inspector," and then underneath it says. Um, that means I get to touch you and you're not allowed to say no. Yes. It really, really rams the grossness of the metaphor home. And they've got very bad breath and they're going to fall asleep at some point on your shoulder and snore into it and then you'll just be getting not only the, the just sheer decibelage straight yes, in your yes. ear but also quite a bad smell. Oh, 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 last one, last one. Uh, they brought their own lunch to have on the, on the flight. <sighs> It is microwavable fish, right? Oh, I was going to go with, oh, um, gone off, 
very warm cottage cheese. Oh. Just a big container of mouldy cottage cheese oh, that's yes. a bit warm. Oh, and bad personal hygiene. They, they, I mean, that goes without saying. Yes. I mean, there's, you can smell the smegma from oh. before they even sat down. Oh, you. And, and one of those unwashed arseholes. Oh, God. He thinks, so every he time they... It's gay to white. Every time they, they walk, walk past, you can get a real whiff of that, that unwiped... Oh. Even, even toilet paper between the cheeks is gay. Oh god, you you are you are good at what you do, friend. I I am yes, <laughs> but so are you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's get this one into production. Easy jet, here we come. <laughs> do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Virtual justice warriors. Virtual justice warriors. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Larry. How are you doing? Oh, you know, uh, surviving just about. You mean up so much? Oh, I've been, uh, oh, I've been keeping up with the world and yeah, the yeah, depressing yeah. state of it as continues to be the case. You know, yeah. uh, the uh, the latest one, latest one I've seen being uh, floated around is uh, uh, yet more conditions being placed on trans people getting access to healthcare. Yeah, this is the UK this time. Yeah, right, yeah, and this is uh, specifically. Uh, Definitely not tr- banning trans youth from accessing uh, puberty blockers, but uh, making it so that you have to play into a shitty little game if you want to get access to your medication. Right. Which in right. this case is uh, um, you, you've got to you've got to be willing to have your data used as part of a study that you do not know specifically what that study is into or how that evidence might be used or misused, you know, by people who might have agendas that you might not want to opt into into their, uh, their studies for. And if you do not join these studies, you you are not allowed to uh, have your medication. Right. Which is a huge breach of medical ethics because, you know, access to healthcare is a right unconditionally. And oh, it certainly should be, yeah, yeah. You should not be putting people in a position where they have to agree to a thing that they might not otherwise want to agree to because their access to healthcare is contingent on that. Because what you are doing at that point is coercing people into a thing they don't want to do with the threat of them losing healthcare, which yeah. is fucking... Ab- that's just abuse of healthcare as a system. There. Yeah, I mean, and at that point, I suppose, you know, the the... the- people who have, have got all this in the first place will we have potentially even more excuses to be shitty and go, well, oh, well, they're being coerced into it, aren't they? Why, why would they do this? You know, it's... Uh, the, the, the number of, of youth who said they didn't feel comfortable about the, the fact they had to be in uh, these studies or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's... it's, it's... <sighs> The the aim they want to go for is if you don't want to be put, you either contribute to data that they could you know try and cherry pick if it suits what they're trying to to do or not get access to healthcare. In both cases, it's either don't get access to healthcare or potentially give us tools that we can use down the line to maybe try and make it harder for other people to get healthcare. Yeah, it's, it's just uh, you know the slow moving genocide that they've been working on for years now. Uh, yeah, God, it's exhausting, and it is. all we can do is keep and in Pride Month too. Yeah, all we can do is keep acknowledging it and not letting it go unnoticed. But God, it's tiring, exhausting. Yeah. Hug, mate. Oh yeah. <sighs> Ah, oh. good ugly, good ugly, good ugly.
Right, then I'm going to go have a little nip. Oh, sounds like a plane. Nice, nice. So, Laura. Yes. You do things. I do do things. Where can people find the things? Where can people purchase things that you are involved in? Where can people get involved in more of your stuff? I've got that good unified branding. You can find all my stuff at Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh, Mastodon, Blue Sky, you can find me everywhere. Just Laura K Buzz. I got that branding down. Laura K Buzz, Laura K Buzz. Laura Uh, K Buzz? Yeah. Uh, d- upcoming stuff, the main thing, October 19th, I think it is, uh, Stories of Autistic Joy comes out. Um, other than that, just check out laurakbuzz.com, all the s- stuff I post ends up on there. Yeah. What about you? What about me? What about me? What about me? Well, uh, I can be found at linktur.ee slash janiac, because I couldn't get unified branding, so I branded my unity with that. Because, you know, that is hard. And some things don't have long enough strings for the names you want to use. Um, yeah, which is awkward. Uh, I design t-shirts, I make music, I do all sorts of things. You can find all of it at that link tree. You can help support me. I uh, can help get these episodes edited, among all the other stuff I do, at uh, patreon.com slash radio For as little as a dollar a month, you can help justify a 76-hour work week. And maybe one day retire from one of my jobs so that I can spend some time actually getting out and getting some exercise, but also, on top of that, doing more creative stuff for you you to enjoy yeah, yeah. Laura <gasps> will you sing us out please darling until next time be a stranger <laughs>